What up, world? Surpass first point guard and trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And now also on YouTube. That's right, five days a week available on all your podcast providers for free as well as on YouTube. So if you want to see a video version or just listen to the show on YouTube, it's available there. Uh, we've, we, we're well past our goal of 1,000 subscribers by Halloween, but it'd still be great if you haven't subscribed to the show to go ahead and do that. Help us grow the show there. It would mean a lot to me, and I would appreciate it. Uh, we got a lot to talk about in this game. The Blazers are now 0-3 on the road, beginning the first roadie of the season, 0-2, the first extended road trip of the season. That is 0-2, a loss in Charlotte Sunday, followed by a loss to the short-handed Philadelphia 76ers on Monday night, 113-103. The Sixers were uh, obviously without Ben Simmons, um, not not with the team. But Joel Embiid took the night off to rest his knee. Uh his scheduled rest night for Joel Embiid just before tip-off. Tobias Harris ruled out for health and safety reasons. I believe he warmed up on the court, according to Gina Mizell of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, warmed up on the court, you know, was was prepared to play and then was uh, ruled out for health and safety protocols. And then uh, Danny Green, who started the game, did not play in the second half after a hamstring injury. And the short-handed Philadelphia 76ers... They just, they took it to him. They took it to him. Let's let's get into all of what happened and all the implications. But first, before we do that, it's the fastest recap in the West. That's right. The Blazers lose 113-103. It started early. The trouble started early. Eight first quarter turnovers found the Blazers down 27-21. They were down... Uh, 54-53 at the break, um, it, it, just a competitive basketball game. And then they found themselves down 10 in the third quarter, in as, as many as 12 in the third quarter. The game got away from them in the third quarter. They have not been, an, an, mostly they have not been an impressive second half team, and that continued here. But a 12-0 run spanning the end of the third quarter and the first two minutes of the of the fourth quarter got them back of the game, tied the game at 86 with just over 10 minutes remaining. But the Philadelphia 76ers responded with five quick points and never relinquished relinquished the lead after that at the uh after two misses inside by Damian Lowe a missed layup grabbed his own rebound and missed another one with just over two minutes remaining a Seth Curry three from the right side of the floor put the Philadelphia 76ers up 111-101 with 205 remaining timeout Blazers that was your ball game couldn't get all the way back the Blazers fall to three and four and oh and three on the road that's your fastest recap in the west you know, th- there's a lot to unpack here. There's, there's, there's the obvious stuff. Uh, another sort of n- poor shooting night from Dame. Not terrible, but but poor. You know, this wasn't. Um, he continues to have one of the sh- worst shooting stretches of his career to begin the season. He was 20 points on uh, on seven of 20 shooting, two of nine from three. CJ eight of 20, three of eight from the floor. Also had 20 points. Uh, Dame did have 10 assists. He continues to have a good floor game and a bad shoot bad shooting games. CJ one for four from the free throw line. A little bit um, a little bit troubling. You know, Yusuf Nurkic did not have his way with Andre Drummond. Uh, Dr- uh, Nurk finished with seven points and nine boards. The Blazers got good nights from the other two guards. Norman Powell had 22 on eight of 12, and Anthony Simons continues to be an impact player, someone who is like, um, who's go- who's going to make it confusing for the Blazers' like rotation decisions. We'll talk about that more a little bit later in the show. He had 17, made seven of 12 shots, hit three of seven three pointers, um, and, and you know he he missed a shot late when he lost the ball out of bounds and missed like a desperation three. But like prior to those two misses, um was 7 of 10 with 17 points. Like, he was really good. Um, Amber Simons has some defensive limitations, but on offense, he is... 
he has been spectacular this season. So um, what I want to talk about is a little bit about um, Damian Lord shooting, although we won't go deep into the stats part. I want to talk about sort of a function of a shooting and, and the Blazers trying a new lineup. They played four guards down the stretch with Dame, CJ, Norm, and Anthony Simons all sharing the floor with Yusuf Nurkic at crunch time the final six minutes. That was the, that was the lineup they went to. Slightly outscored, didn't work, but it was creative. Tony Snell made his debut. Uh, we won't, we're not going to do eight minutes on Tony Snell, but Tony Snell uh, appeared, was cleared to play last game, didn't play against Charlotte, played tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers, and his his first touch hits a three from the corner. His second touch was well, actually his third because he touched the, got, got a rebound in there, but uh, it, it's his second shot attempt another three from the left corner on a on kind of a busted play two of two from three um he's just dude can really shoot it it could wake him up out of a deep slumber uh and he can knock it down um he's gonna he played a little the Blazers went small with a little bit of Tony Snell at power forward um that's like mostly what his role was playing next to Larry Nance in a sort of small spread him out lineup to give the Blazers some offense he's gonna be part of the calculation because of that shooting the shooting and the length you can like put him in in certain lineups um he also got absolutely cooked trying <laughs> trying to guard for on Korkmaz in, in the corner and gave up an easy layup so like it's all balance here but Tony Snell can really really shoot it and then his shooting is going to be valuable that's your Tony Snell update um I want to talk a little about the late game offense. Um, we'll talk about the, the lineup stuff, um, the four guard lineup in the second segment. But here, let's talk about a moment to, to spend some time on the late game offense. Um, the Blazers were, were were sort of in this game, but not playing well. And then at, looking like they're out of the game. They've, they have now lost every game where they've trailed by at least 10 points. They have lost their and three. They are not a comeback team any longer. Um, that's, it's just not who they are. If they, if they get down or excuse me, Oh, and four with the, including the, the, um, the Kings game, if they get down in their losses, they've gotten down and they have not sort of charged back. And in their wins, they haven't trailed. They have dominated those games. Um, it's, it's been a theme. The Grizzlies led by eight in case you're scoring at home. Um, but they're, they're once last season, one of the all-time great sort of if they've got a shot, they're going to win type of games. But they just haven't been that this year. They could still develop that identity again if Dame starts hitting shots. But um, it's he isn't right now. He's he is mired in one of the worst shooting slumps of his career. If it's not the worst shooting slump, as as um, as I detailed in the last episode, um, it's it's right up there. It's one of his worst three-point shooting stretches of his career. He's overall from the field, he's approaching two of the worst stretches of his career that he had that same season, that 2014-15 season when he had back the second half of that year in, in January and March of 20. 2015 when he also shot poorly from the floor um it's it's a problem however he's Damon Lord and late game offense runs through him and what the what the Blazers tried to do to get back into this game is that they spread the court out with the with the guards and they let Dame go to work matchup hunting um and he he almost got him back he had an one bucket inside and he and he missed another one that that um he missed a little chippy that would have cut the lead to six with two minutes left and made it close um he was used they still kind of why I'm touching on this is, you know, so much of what has sort of been made of some of Damian Lillard's struggles is that he's adjusting to a new system, right? Um, is that whether if it's not a health thing, that it's an adjustment thing and that he's, he's trying to sort of figure out how he fits in the system and, and, and whatever that is. And down the stretch of this game, they they did not run the sort of new Chauncey move the ball around offense. They 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 said we need help 
Dame, go do what you're comfortable with. And he match up hunted in pick and rolls over the final six minutes. And, you know, he mostly got himself good shots because he's really good at it. I mean, they just didn't go in. But I, I highlight this to say is that this is kind of with all the sort of talk about changes in the offense and all these things like I still think when push comes to shove, when you get in these sort of tight moments, you're going to lean on these guys' strengths and still the strengths of what Dame wants to do, what he's most comfortable with doing, his comfort zone is to sort of, is to get the ball, um, is, is, you know, get the ball, call up the screen, get the, get the screen he wants, be that from a, a guard to get a, the right switch. In a lot of cases in this game, it was, it's George Niang, like to get a, a slower defender on him. And so he can blow by, um, and, 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 um, and, and you do what he does, attack the way he does. So like, and he still didn't shoot, you know, he still missed, he missed a layup and got his rebound and then kind of missed like a little sort of awkward four foot jump shot um, that, you know, shots he can make. Right. Um, so it's not all, I say this to say like, it's not all uh, the system. It's not all adjustment to the system. This is, this is another example of, of kind of just, he's missing makeable shots. And whether you think it's, he just looks tired. A couple of you tweeted at me that um, his, he just doesn't have the lift on his jump shot or whether you think it's, it's a, it's another injury, like whatever conspiracy theory you're peddling or, or if not conspiracy theory, that might be too, that might be a little too um, rude. But what I mean is like whatever sort of um, whatever explanation you're grabbing at, whether it's an injury or adjustment to the, the system or him trying to be sort of a good quarterback, and get everyone else involved, um, which he's certainly still doing. Some of it is even just when they went to what he's comfortable with. They they settled in to say, this is what we know. He, he said, this is what I do best. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to bring us back and win this game. Like he's done so many times last year. He was the best clutch scorer in the league. The Blazers got to a clutch situation. They went to what they're comfortable with. Ball in Dame's hands, pick and roll, punt the matchup, do what you do. And, and he couldn't get it done. I mean, it's, it is... There's a lot here. Like the Blazers didn't play particularly good defense. They could not stay in front of um, Tyrese Maxey and, and and Shake Milton, and then those drivers led to openings. They had trouble. Um, they tried to zone. They couldn't match up with the zone. Um, they they lost guys on baseline cuts. Uh, I thought they. Um, I thought they sometimes their sort of help and recover was poor, and they gave guys um, gave guys looks that that were easier than um you know easier than they needed to be some op- more open looks than you would want but some of it is just you know they're simple sort of containing the dribble drive some of it is over helping some of it was eight turnovers in the first quarter gave the philly rhythm and a chance for them to run out and get easy shots and all those things like i don't think the blazers played a good defensive game i don't you know the idea is that they're going to take a step forward on defense and it'll that improvement on defense will allow them to they're already an awesome offensive team and take off but but like the math and all of it on the offensive team is like all of them like the idea of them being a great offensive team hinges on Damian Lillard being really good and he hasn't been that so we're going to spend some time on it he wasn't the only one who was bad Robert Covington a, a a field goal no field goal attempts no points um, you know, Cody Zeller, 11 minutes and he went scoreless. Not that you count on Zeller for points, but you need it. Uh, you know, like I said, seven from Nurk, not a big Nurk game. Uh, I thought Larry Nance Jr. was intriguing, but not super good. He had seven and six in his minutes. Like, um, other people played poorly. I don't think this was a particularly good CJ McCollum game. He said back to back after a really, really hot start back to back kind of subpar shooting games. Uh, CJ played 40 minutes too, which I think was, uh, more than you would like, but the Blazers needed, you know, needed his minutes and needed to, needed to try to make it happen. So they kind of stretched his minutes out in the fourth quarter. Um, there's more to it than Dame shooting is what I'm trying to illustrate here. There's more to it. 
But so much of what this is going to be is going to hinge on his offense. And if he's not an all-world type basketball player, this is just going to be kind of a mediocre basketball team. They've looked like they've taken steps on defense, but on nights that they don't play good defense, you you typically can count on them to just win shootouts. That's what you could count on them last year. It's like, well, they stink on defense, but they can they might just shoot themselves into a game. And um you know, some of it is the sloppiness, you know, you just they had let they had they would have had more field goal attempts. You know they crushed the offensive glass. I grabbed sixty five percent of their misses. Like they they were everywhere, um, or excuse me, thirty five percent of their misses. They were everywhere. Uh, they were like, uh, you know, they grabbed a, a third of their own missed shots. They were awesome on the glass. Like they they gave themselves second chance opportunities. They shot a couple more free throws. But you know the the turnovers matter, and I think. I think the math here is that this team needs to be an elite offensive team, and right now they're not. And one of the reasons that they're not is because Dame isn't isn't playing well. In the second segment, though, however, I don't want to talk more about this sort of bummer offense. I want to talk about a fun new wrinkle. Fun new wrinkle. Um, we kind of needed to we needed to, to to lean into the stink for a second and like be honest about what we saw from the Blazers. But let's let's talk a little about a fun new wrinkle in the second segment. How about that? How about that? It sounds pretty good, right? We like fun new wrinkles here. Before we talk about the new wrinkle, a four guard lineup. With the Blazers' four best offensive players on the court, let's talk about Prize Picks, the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Offers more NBA props than any other DFS operator, and it's got all the superstar players plus the end of the bench guys too. You can place bets on Tony Snell's over/unders if you want. Uh, the way you do it is you go to PrizePicks.com or you download their award-winning app, and then you pick two to five players and an over/under on their projections, so you can win up to ten times on each entry. And look, it's just you versus the projected numbers. You take the over on Damian Lillard's three-point field goal makes. If he hits that number, you win. So. If you want to try out Prize Picks, you can go to their website or use their app. Like I said, it's available on uh, iOS and Android devices. Download the app, go to the website, and use the promo code NBA when you're making your first deposit of $100 or more, and you will get a 100% instant match. So you put in $100, put in that promo code NBA, it automatically becomes $200, and then you can you can win money on Prize Picks. You can get your money quickly. It's it's safe. It's got fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com. Use that promo code NBA or go to the app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right. So we talked about the Blazers loss, another sort of um, difficult night from Damian Lord and a night where they kind of leaned back into what they, um, what their his comfort zone and still didn't crack him out of it. Not he is not the only problem. Let me say that again. I, I we've talked a lot about Dame because he's the engine of this whole thing, but he's not the only problem. You know, you can you, if they play better defense, they win this game. If they could lock up Korkmaz and if they can lock up um, Seth Curry, they can handle. They can they could be better. Like if they got if they if they got a handful more stops, they're in this game. But but this team is is designed to be a, an elite offensive group led by Damian Lord, and they weren't that. However, we saw a new wrinkle, and I think it's an interesting it's an interesting look into the way this Blazers team is constructed. As I mentioned in the first segment, the Blazers' best two guards in this game were Norman Powell and Anthony Simons. As I also mentioned in this game, in the fourth quarter, final six minutes, crunch time, Damian Lord had the rock in his hand, CJ McCollum was on the court, because you can't bench those two guys at crunch time. Uh, because of both their skill level, their track record, and their paychecks, all of those things. Um, you're just not going to, 
they're going to be out on the court when the game matters. One, and most importantly, they're the Blazers' two best players. And two, they've, they have a, a long-standing, you know, five, six, seven seasons of being really good offensive players in the NBA. So if they're not shooting well, you got to rely on, um, to quote Damian Lillard, what do the nine years say to the four games? And well, now we're six games. What do the nine years say to the six games? you got to trust you got to trust it. So they're on the court. That means when Norman Powell and Anthony Simons are both having good games, it often becomes a choice. Who can you close with? And and against Charlotte, uh, Anthony Simons was the Blazers' best offensive player through three quarters, probably. And he they didn't bring him on the court to close the game because they needed defense. They needed size. They needed strength on the wing. They needed they needed to be able to guard Charlotte's size. They didn't do that particularly well, and the offense didn't get going. And and but but I understood not having Ant on the court on the court in the fourth quarter. In this game, there wasn't sort of that that size. There wasn't the length and the sort of like um, the big wings that are giving the Blazers problems. So what did Chauncey Billups do? He played the final six and a half minutes with Dame, CJ, Norman Powell, Anthony Simons, and Yusuf Nurkic. Four six foot three guards around Nurk. They spread the court. They let Dame go to work. Um, and you know, and you have shooters, you have attackers and drivers, you have your 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 four best offensive players on the court. And I think that's the important thing to highlight here. Norm and Ant, CJ and Dame are the Blazers' four best offensive players. So when you're trying to figure it out like how can we how can we get this thing rolling on offense some of the calculation is that it's very difficult to get your four best offensive players on the court um it's it isn't simple like ant has been awesome this year and deserves to play norman powell was really good tonight and deserved to be on the court and damon cj are your two best players so you had to go small it almost worked they almost came back but it didn't and some of it was um you know the defensive limitations, that wasn't really the problem down the stretch. The problem was that they needed to get really hot over the last five minutes and they did, and they got, um, they didn't get really hot. A couple, you know, a couple shots off the mark, a couple empty possessions, a turnover between Dame and Nurk on a, on a pick and roll exchange and you go the other way and your margin of error is super thin when you're scrambling back from eight, down eight or 10 points in the final five minutes and they, they just didn't get it done. But I like, I like this because it is saying, what do we do best? Put our four best players on the court. But I think um, it highlights one of the challenges of the roster is that you can't put your four best players on the court and also four best offensive players on the court and also field a good defensive team. It's challenging to put your three best offensive players on the court if Ant is having a better game than Norm and field a, a good defensive team. Or, and And because of the way the sort of politics of this team work and this is not unique to the Blazers or anything like that this is just this is the way the league works is like you it's it it would be it would take quite a tough night for to to put CJ McCollum on the bench and it would take like a catastrophe to put Dame on the bench not only did they keep him in the game they ran the damn offense through him down the stretch like this is um this is sort of the nature of the league and the nature of the way this team is built is that you got to you have to trust it you have to trust that Dame can bail you out but you you see the tough decision that Chauncey Billups is faced with. You know you're like, okay, we we you know we we need stops. So do I go back big with, uh, you know, Rocco wasn't good in this game, but do I go back big with with Nance or or try to or try Nas a little bit? I don't think Nas had a particularly good defensive game either, but he provides energy and length that the others don't. Um, you know, do I st- do do I sort of mix and match there? Do I go with length and keep Tony Snell on the court and try to mix between like get some size with some shooting, right? Um, or do you lean into what this team does best? 
and say, we've got four dudes who can create a shot, four guys who can really, really score. Ant is on one, Nurk, or Norm has been rolling. Let's just go small and see how it works. Tonight, it was an acceptable plan because the team couldn't punish it. But it, like against a team like Charlotte, just the night before, that team can punish it. Wednesday against Cleveland, a team that plays gigantic. I don't think you can sneak and put a six foot three. Uh, power forward. I don't think you could have two forwards who are under six five out on the court. Um, it's it's not going to work against everyone, and it's the challenge of this roster is that those are your four best offensive players almost every single night. Um, it'd be nice if Nurk got rolling. It'd be nice if Rocco could just find any semblance of of the. 38% three-point shooter he was last season, but he has he's just having trouble finding out where he fits on this offensive system. Um, it's It hasn't been good to him, and he's not a kind of guy you run plays for, so it's uh, it's kind of hard to get him rolling, but they really need him to play better because he he's a great help defender. You need him on the court. Um, if you're going to be your best, Rocco kind of has to play on this roster. If you just look up and down it, it's, it's hard to think that you could be reach your peak and not have Robert Covington on the court. But this was a night where Chauncey Billups leaned into what this team does best, leans into their strengths and highlighted the challenge of, of trying to figure out how this works with this particular group. If you're a longtime listener, you know that one of the things I've joked about this before, but I kind of mean it earnestly is that the only thing a coach does when the game starts is decide who plays and when Um, you've, you know, you've done all your scouting report stuff. You're only going to call a handful of true ATOs and you can call stuff from the sidelines, but the guys are going to execute it or they're going to ignore it. Um, and so, like, all you're actually doing is deciding who's on the court. <laughs> and like, like that's that's the way you're going to have an impact. And I thought going with this group was um, was interesting. And and I like that Chauncey just it was a recognizing here's here's our best four guys right now. Let's see if we can go win it. Like it was it was kind of it was a it was an acceptance of where this game was at. And I liked that. Like I liked the sort of the honesty of of accepting where you are. But it also kind of paints a picture of the challenges of this team is that you, most nights, you cannot close with this group. And some nights, even closing with uh, with Norm on the wing or, or Ant on the wing, like one other guy under 6'5 on the wing is going ma- to make you undersized and going to challenge you. Like, it's... Um, it's tough math. And it, it, it has, you know, obviously has a longer tail than this because at some point this summer or, or, or at the trade deadline... You have to figure out what what Anthony Simon's future is, and it's hard for me to see a situation where you pay all four of those guards to be on the team long term. Whether that means a trade comes, or whether that means that they let Anthony Simon's walk, which would be uh, qu- quite a move from this front office. It it it's just I think today, and we'll see this march forward for the next few months. Highlighted that like the Blazers' best four offensive players are guards that you can't fit them all on the court together and how, what is the ceiling on a team that, that is constructed such as that there's, I mean, some of the solution is like have Rocco and, and Larry Nance play a little better. Um, and I thought Nance was fine. It wasn't great, but he was fine. Uh, they played him at center and I don't think they'll Nance at center minutes, even though I wanted to see it. have been very good, but like at, at some point they need to just, instead of going, you know, super small to sort of jumbo size it and see if the jumbo size works, works a little bit better, but props to Chauncey for trying it. Um, because this was a night that, that demanded you head in that direction. This was, it was right in front of him. These are my four best offensive dudes. And he made the easy, but admittedly difficult because of it's somewhat unorthodox decision. So, uh, I liked it. Hope we see it in the future. This is a like a matchup specific weapon that I think the Blazers will deploy again, but also a reminder of th- their sort of size limitations with their best offensive players. All right. 
Third segment, let's close out the show. Uh, the Blazers' final game of this road trip is against Cleveland on Wednesday, and it is suddenly very important. Let's talk a little bit about that, where the Blazers are as they head into the third of three games, 0-2 to begin the road trip. But before we get there, let's talk about Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and then effortlessly stay informed about their sales data. You can scale your business journey. It's got it's endless possibilities in that scaling when you're using Shopify because it helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. Look, Shopify has the tools and the resources to make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify powers over 1.7 million businesses from state-of-the-art to full scale. So, reaching customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integration and apps is easy because Shopify will help you integrate with Facebook, with Instagram, with TikTok, with Pinterest, and more, and allows you to gain insights and grow your uh, you grow your audience, grow your customer base with detailed reporting and conversion rates so you can know your profit margins, you can know everything you need to know. So go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA, that's all lowercase LockedOnMBA, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA right now, shopify.com slash LockedOnMBA. Today's show is also brought to you by Online. It's back and better than ever. It's got a new web interface for the start of basketball season. It's got more props and odds and lines than ever before. It's your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. So head on over on your desktop or on your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to receive your bonus. So whether it's basketball, football, baseball's World Series, NHL's early regular season, or combat sports like boxing and MMA, right down to your favorites, Favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are going to be available to you for the 2021 season, including that promo code locked on to save to get a 50% welcome bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. It's bet online where the games start. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers. Talked about the Blazers' offensive woes and and, um, and the defensive shortcomings in the loss to Philly. We talked about experimenting with the new four-guard lineup, a look I like, but admit that it can't work every night. Uh, worth trying again, but worth recognizing that um, it's going to be specific. What I want to close the show with is just, I think the Blazers, I, like, they're seven games into the season. <laughs> so... I don't think this is like, you know, they play Cleveland to close out uh, this road trip on Wednesday, and then they play, they come back for a, uh, a pretty tough back-to-back, quite frankly, against an injured but um, but still kind of somewhat dangerous uh, Indiana Pacers team, and then and then the Lakers um, on Saturday, and and just any back-to-back is going to be and it's going to be challenging, quick turnaround from a road trip, all those things, right? I don't think. I don't think Wednesday's game is a must win. I don't think there's anything really like that in the regular season, not until you get down to April, but the games in April, the games in the games at the end of the year, they count for the same as the ones in November. And 
Monday's loss in Philly was one that you will look back at when you're kind of calculating the Western Conference playoff standings at the end of the year and say, oh, the Blazers are, you know, they're a game back of Dallas, game and a half back of Denver. They're only a game ahead of LA of the Clippers. Like, oh, man, what they, they could really have used another win. And you'll and you might you might remember this game in Philly where Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Danny Green weren't there and Ben Simmons wasn't either back in Philly or wherever he ends up and it's um you know in Portland I guess is where you, you're hoping he ends up many of you but like it, you'll look back at sort of, of this game and say like ugh that's a bad loss um I thought the Charlotte game was a pretty tough loss but Charlotte's good in a tough matchup like they're a really good offensive team who just runs and the Blazers aren't a very good transition team um and like that seemed like a specifically difficult matchup for him Charlotte's size on the wing and all those things you know the Blazers kind of coughed that one up in the second half but that wasn't nearly as troubling as this. This was just a game where they came out terrible with those eight turnovers in the first quarter and, you know, the the offense just didn't get rolling and the defense wasn't good enough to slow down a team missing most of its firepower, right? Missing its MVP candidate, its second best player, one of its best role players, and relying on sort of Tyrese Maxey and Seth Curry to to run the ship. I joked in the sort of the mini preview I did before about this game, that's like, if Seth Curry scores 20, they're going to win. He had 23 and they won. This was not what I was picturing. (laughs) I was picturing a game in which, you know, Joel Embiid had 33 and 12. um, And then like, if, as a secondary scorer, Seth Curry goes off. Instead, he's their leading scorer. You get um, 21 from Korkmaz. It's and you end up with this is bad news. You're in a bad spot. Like this was this was a disheartening loss. So I, I think you go to, you go to Cleveland, um, you go to Cleveland on Wednesday, and Cleveland just beat Charlotte in Charlotte, uh, a, a close game. They came, they, um, you know, they held on as Charlotte made a late charge to come back. Cleveland led, you know, by 20 early in this one and then held on as Charlotte came all the way back. But like, so like that, all that is to say is like, this is a, this is a, a competitive Cleveland team. They're not, um, I don't think they're particularly good, but they're four and four. Right. Um, and, 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 uh, they, they're one and one at home and, and they've, they've, they've had, you know, six of their eight games on the road. They're coming back home for a little while. Um, this is, this is not a must win, but this is a don't lose. This is a don't lose because you just, you just you, three and five after eight games, you know, all the concerns about what's up with Dame, all the concerns about the step forward you wanted the defense to make and looked like they were making. And then, you know, the question was, does it travel? The answer is no. The Blazers defense has not traveled with them, did not get on the plane. Hopefully it, um, it, it gets, catches a flight and shows up on, in Cleveland on Wednesday. But like, this is, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to record a show after that game. Right. And if they, if they lose, I'm not going to say it's over. <laughs> I'm not going to bury them eight games in the season. I'm willing to be patient with them, but this would be sort of the, be a loss to the Cavs would be the beginning of real concern about where this team is at. Um, it's one of those things where I don't think a win cures all of your concerns, but like a loss is much more is much more impactful perception wise than a win. Um, you you wanted to go two and one on this trip, particularly when you saw Joel Embiid was out. You don't have that opportunity now because you've lost the first two, but this becomes just a really crucial game. You know, uh, it's like you joke, like the most important game of the Blazers season. They're kind of all progressively more important. That's kind of how it works. Um, but this is a to close a road trip against a not very a team that's not going to make the playoffs in the East. With all due respect to the Cavs, like a non-playoff Eastern Conference opponent, end of a road trip when you really need a win. This is 
This is a night when you want to see the Blazers, or it will be a night Wednesday, when you want to see the Blazers be really good. You just want to see them be really good. Whether that's a great offensive performance where they just where they just shoot the damn lights out and Dame gets going and 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 you and you you see what they can be because this team can really shoot it when they get hot like they're they're they've got enough shooters to be really dangerous if they can ever get rolling on offense and they've showed that they can be a competitive defense um even a, even an impressive defense wins over Memphis and and the LA Clippers last week were 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 proof that they can be a, a when when push comes to shove they can they can like lock up can they sustain that though? And on the road, they haven't been able to sustain that. So I think Wednesday's game is like I'm I'm circling it with a with a big sharpie um, on my uh, on my paper calendar. I've obviously printed out like it's the Blazers find themselves at a point where they need to be good. They just need to be good. Uh, it's I'm not going to freak out, but as much as I've said like it's early and I'm patient and I'm, I'm willing to wait. I'm going to, I'm probably going to be on the other side of the hill and start saying like rut row, um, you know, no, no panic button smashing yet, but like I will have both eyebrows firmly raised as I say, Hmm, they don't look so good. Um, like I said, if they crush the Cavs, it's not going to sort of like alleviate all of my concerns, but this is, they just, they didn't need to get right. This is a get right game. Um, not an easy get right game. The, the Cavs are huge. They play three, seven footers with Lowry Markin and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Um, you know, they've got, they've got guards who can, you know, Colin Sexton is a really good downhill player and Darius Garland has turned into a pretty darn good little point guard in, in his own right. Like they're, um, they're a team, they're built like a team that they, they give the Blazers trouble with it with just the amount of size and then and then the guards who can who can sort of get it going off the dribble though that's the sort of flavor of problems the Blazers have is size on the wing um and and good downhill attackers that's that the flavor of challenge that they struggle most with is what I'm trying to say so the Cavs aren't a pushover but it's a get right game it's a game to just go ahead and get get this shooting slump over with it's a dame it's the game for dame to go nuts it's the game it's a game for cj to get back and looking like he did for the first five games of the year it's a game for anthony simons to continue to look like um you know one of the very good bench scorers in this league which he has been so far this year uh it, it's it would just be a night for them to be to be who they can be to play their potential and kind of calm this thing down a little bit and then head back home for a couple tough ones. Uh, the, like I said in the last show, like the NBA season is relentless. Um, it doesn't, if you get a win over Cleveland, it doesn't, you don't get, um, any reward for it. You just get to play two games over the next three nights, um, and travel across the country in between there. So, um, Wednesday is a big one because they need, they need, to sort of, they need to stop the bleeding. They need to stop the, um, I don't believe in momentum. There's no, I don't, that's just not a, it's a sports thing. Other people talk about NBA guys talk about. It's not a thing I believe in. Uh, that's for another show. (laughs) My not, my non-belief momentum, but they gotta, they gotta get, they gotta get sort of things heading in, in the, in the right direction. And, and it starts with one game because I don't believe playing well means you play well in the future, but you develop bad habits. You develop good habits and bad habits and you develop confidence or your confidence can wane. I think the Blazers confidence is waning. I think their frustration, um, you know, just James body language frustration is, is really up there. So Wednesday's a big one to go ahead and get right. Uh, before that, though, we're going to have a, a, a fun show. It'll be in your feed on Wednesday morning, an interview with Jason Quick of The Athletic. He's going to join the show. He's been on the road uh, up close and personal on these two games, and he'll share uh, his insights from what he's seen from this team. 
from in the arena and, and from the uh, behind the scenes stuff that Jason is just so good at grabbing. He will join the show tomorrow. So make sure you come back and listen to that when it'll be in your feed on Wednesday morning, November 3rd. So make sure you check that out. Uh, like I said, shows on YouTube, make sure you go there and subscribe. And it's also available wherever you get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. You will find us waiting for you. You can tell your friends to do the same. Uh, tell them, tell them to subscribe to YouTube. Let's, let's, let's uh, grow the, um, let's grow the platform as best we can. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.